the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I am Seth Leibson. Welcome back. Monday, June 13th, 2022. Hope you had a good weekend. I just changed what I opened, what I wanted to talk with you about. Just as the music was playing, <clears throat> something came across my transom. I'm going to go with it instead. I'll get to the other stuff and I'll do my monologue at the top of the third hour. Give my phone number out. Give our phone number out. To anyone who would like to join the conversation, 602-508-0960. What do you think the um, – how to, how, to, how, to, how to start this? What do you think the base thinks? What do you think the conservative movement generally thinks of minority House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy? 50-50, 60-40, not exactly our favorite. Kind of always wishing someone like Jim Jordan were there instead. Some people like him 50-50 within our base, maybe, maybe something like that. I, I think that's fair. I just got a fundraising letter from Nancy Pelosi, and I, uh, I just I, – this, this, this is what's going on in the Democratic Party. You want to know how they think? This is how they think. also gives you an insight into how they talk and how they're trying to persuade others to think and talk. Here it is. First, Donald Trump raised $124 million to destroy our historic majorities. Then, Kevin McCarthy raised another $31 million to back them up. I need to be perfectly clear. After everything Trump did to destroy our democracy and side with the violent rioters who stormed our Capitol, I will stop at nothing to keep them from taking down my Democrats and winning back the House. My Democrats. That's why I'm calling on a historic response, 10,000 gifts before midnight, to send an unmistakable message to these two proud insurrectionists that all the special interest money in the world will never buy them back what we won. Have more inaccuracies been broadcast in fewer sentences than ever before? But notice the thing that they're doing. She called Trump an insurrectionist, and we can debate that I have very strong views on that. You know what I think. But all of a sudden, Kevin McCarthy's an insurrectionist, too. She says we must stop these two insurrectionists. Do we even pretend in this country that words have meaning anymore? The U.S. Federal Code defines insurrectionist as someone who incites, sets on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof. How did Kevin McCarthy do that? Indeed, all the evidence says he wanted Donald Trump to speak more strongly. But how did Donald Trump do that? He encouraged people at January 6th in front of the White House, two miles away from the Capitol, to march peacefully and patriotically and then he told them when they grew violent to go home and that we support the police. How is that insurrectionist? How is that assisting or engaging in any rebellion against the United States? He was at that time, by the way, let us not forget, the government of the United States. 
The transfer of power had not taken place yet and wouldn't until January 20th, statutorily. I know that the Democrats are trying to make you all talk more about this in my monologue, trying to make you think January 6th was some kind of transition of power day, but it wasn't. And I don't know how they're going to get you to think that Kevin McCarthy is an insurrectionist, but it'll go to the point I'm going to address further in my monologue, which is they think all of us are, all of you are. How do I know? I'll give you another piece of evidence. If Kevin McCarthy being an if Kevin McCarthy being an insurrectionist is Exhibit A, let me give you Exhibit B. Nancy Pelosi's email once again. The latest poll has Republicans taking the lead in the race for our majority. Trump, Stefanik, and their right-wing allies are raising record millions to take us down. Trump, Stefanik, and their right-wing allies. Who's Stefanik? I know, you know, we do these fundraising emails and we don't have time to comport with the English language where we usually put someone's first name in when we mention them for the first time. But I'm sophisticated enough to know who Stefanik is. It's Elise Stefanik. She's a congresswoman from the state of New York. She is a moderate. She has an 85% rating with Heritage Action or something like that. That's kind of Lindsey Graham territory. That's kind of what John McCain's territory was, 85%. Lindsey Graham may even be higher, to be honest with you. She's a moderate Republican from New York. McCarthy, Stefanik, Trump, all of us, all of you. When they talk about moderate Republicans should try and take their party back, they've Put every Republican into the insurrectionist camp. Who are the moderate Republicans to them? They want to have tried to take the party back. They've slandered and libeled all of them in one fell swoop, including those who aren't that conservative, like Elise Stefanik, who is an unreliable moderate. Think of a Susan Collins of the House for the Republican Party, if you will. Really kind of incredible what they're doing. But as I say, if you want to know what they're thinking, look at what they're telling their most ardent supporters and look at what's going out to the media. This is the narrative. It's Donald Trump. It's Kevin McCarthy. It's Elise Stefanik. It's everyone with an R behind their name. This issue of just putting Stefanik's name there, that last name, I don't want to make too much of it. But it does seem a little odd that she wouldn't put her first name in there, doesn't it? You wouldn't know immediately it's a woman, but rather someone with a name that sounds just like it might be a little bit Russian, possibly. Yeah, they're pretty sophisticated over there. But we're on to them. I have to tell you, of course, I do this now. Anytime I read a Nancy Pelosi fundraising email, I have to read you what she writes at the bottom or what her people write at the bottom of every fundraising email, Nancy Pelosi's groundbreaking new initiative, elect Democrats, <laughs> that's her new initiative, elect Democrats, is tirelessly committed to electing a powerful slate of progressive champions up and down the ballot. They aren't embarrassed about calling themselves progressives. They hang it right out there in the front window. When we call them progressives, 
I don't know if they think it's a compliment or not when we talk about progressivism. I don't know if they think it's a compliment or not. But one thing I can tell you is when they tell us we shouldn't call them that, here's the evidence that it's just fine. Nancy Pelosi is strutting about being considered a progressive in her own fundraising emails. Okay, uh, that's just I had to get that off 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 my mind. I um I will go to what I did want to talk about. My gosh, the gas prices. Okay, um, inflation. We'll get to that too. John Solomon, you hear a lot of his work uh, on the Seb Gorka show. He started a news site called Just the News. I want to give him a little credit and uh, turn you over to uh, something he wrote today, justthenews.com. Five numbers that tell the story of Biden's presidency. Um, this is handy. When we are looking for lists, when we are looking for um, not exactly or literal elevator pitches, but figurative elevator pitches, something to have around, something for the dinner table, something to walk around with if you know you're going to have a political discussion. This is the article you want from Just the News. Last March, President Biden hosted a meeting with historians at the White House. I already am laughing. I'm already laughing. A year and a half in, he's meeting with historians to talk about how to shape his presidency. I know who one of these historians is. He's the one responsible. Meacham, he's John Meacham. He's the one responsible for writing the speech that had Joe Biden calling Republicans the party of Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis and uh, George Wallace. That's John Meacham. That's one of the historians, guy who gets it exactly wrong deliberately to distort not just history but current events. Anyway, they discussed how Joe Biden could – could create a legacy. Aren't you glad he's not governing and he's meeting with historians? They also discussed Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and supposedly Joe Biden said something like, I'm no FDR, but okay, the comparisons. Remember when, when Donald Trump compared himself to previous presidents? Joe Biden's now doing the same with himself in FDR. Maybe he thinks he is FDR. Maybe he thinks he is in the sense that um, – you know, he inherited a bad economy, too, except Joe Biden didn't inherit one. We'll talk about that when we come back. We've got the receipts here. I'm Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. As we go to break, let's put in a word for veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. They have the intel on what you'll want to know about economic concerns, the flattening of the markets and historic proportions, and what is going to be taking place the rest of the year with the economy. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. They are the only precious metal dealer, Seb Gorka and I, and thousands of you already use. These are good people. I know these people, and they have your best interests at heart. MidasGoldGroup.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Last March, a year ago when Joe Biden met with a group of historians, according to Just the News, he had reason to be bullish. He had recently passed a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill, which included included a host of non-pandemic measures supported by Democrats, such as the bailout for struggling union pension plans. 
He was pursuing a series of historically expensive legislation packages that became known as Build Back Better. And um, one of his historian friends, Michael Beschloss, went on record to say that Joe Biden might be this century's FDR and Lyndon Johnson in terms of transforming the country in important ways in a short time. (laughs) Biden's approval rating at the time was above 50 percent. The economic forecast was improving. And, uh, yeah, the articles comparing Biden to FDR and LBJ became commonplace in mainstream publications. Today, that story is radically different. Five numbers you need to know. Five. First one is 8.6%. U.S. inflation hit its highest level in more than four decades. We just learned last Friday. The CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index, which measures what consumers pay for goods and services, increased 8.6 from May the same month a year ago. The monthly increase was the highest since 1981 and was driven by sharp spikes in the prices for groceries and energy. However, inflation hit virtually every consumer category, from shelter to used cars to airline fares. $5 and one penny per gallon. For many Americans, the most devastating impact of inflation has been felt at the gas pump. The U.S. average price for a gallon of regular gasoline was $5 and a penny on Sunday. Gas hit a new record almost every single day for the past 30 days. Every single day, including diesel prices. Third number, 234,088. Illegal border crossings. Beyond the economy, polling shows immigration is one of the most important issues to voters. And Democrats and independents, not just Republicans, are growing increasingly concerned about the ongoing surge in illegal immigration. Since Biden entered office, there's been a sharp rise in the number of people who've crossed the southern border illegally. The figure reached about 2.4 million illegal border crossings from April of last year to this past April. Do you realize that in one year, Joe Biden oversaw nearly two and a half million illegal border crossings. Can you imagine that? With the highest one-month number being 234,088. By comparison, by comparison, the numbers of illegals crossing the border from January 20 to 2021, Biden, excuse me, Trump's last year in office, one-third that number. One-third that number. As with the economy... Illegal immigration has real-world consequences. The Polk County Sheriff's Office in Florida on Thursday arrested an illegal immigrant who was charged with fleeing a car crash that killed a 21-year-old North Carolinian. The issue of migration was on the agenda at this week's Summit of the Americas in L.A. However, the presidents of Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, all key partners of the U.S. in combating illegal immigration, they didn't appear in apparent snubs to Joe Biden, the event's host. Bringing the world together, bringing our allies together, not so much. When's the last time an ally refused to show up, especially one in our hemisphere, to a conference with our president of the United States, making travel all the more easier by being in Los Angeles? 39% approval, that's a number you need to keep in mind. Biden's approval reached an all-time low of 39 percent 
Observers noted that Biden has a lower approval rating and a higher disapproval rating than Donald Trump did the point in his presidency. Other polls have similarly put Biden's job approval rating in the low 40s, a steep decline from this time last year. The polling also shows a strong majority of Americans disapprove of Biden's handling of the three most important topics on people's minds, the economy, gun violence and immigration. A new Quinnipiac poll last week found his approval at 33 percent, even lower. Here's another number to keep in mind. 83 percent dissatisfied. A recent Gallup survey found that an astonishing 83 percent of Americans were dissatisfied with the way things were going in the United States at this time. Only 16 percent of Americans said they were satisfied. Think about that. Think about that. Only 21% of adults believe the U.S. is going in the right direction. What is the, by the way, before I do more numbers with you, what is the Biden response to all these things? Because things can change. You can course correct. The Biden response is not encouraging. Two days ago, he was asked if he would be going to Saudi Arabia to help talk to the Saudis about energy production. He said, we haven't planned that out yet. In the same exact interview, he announced he was going to Saudi Arabia. Let me repeat that. Just two days ago, when asked if he was going to Saudi Arabia, he said, we haven't planned that out yet. Within the same interview, he announced we are going to Saudi Arabia. Now, I don't think someone was whispering in his ear a news update on his agenda. This is why you have... A lot of Obama's former advisors now going on record saying Joe Biden can't run again for re-election. This is the story you're seeing with some of the friendly news, friendlier news to the administration. They're interviewing Democrats who are wringing their hands about Joe Biden because they want to right the ship. It's kind of this Bill Maher thing where I say this because I want to help Democrats. They're interviewing people like David Axelrod because they want to help Democrats, I suppose, I suppose. But when David Axelrod is casting doubt as to whether Democrats believe he sh- Joe Biden should run for re-election, I think it's a big problem. David Axelrod is one of the adults in the room. He's Barack Obama's political Svengali. More helpful to Barack Obama than his counterpart was to George W. Bush, Karl Rove. But that's who David Axelrod is. He's, he, is he is to Barack Obama what Karl Rove was to George W. Bush. The crisis that we have is this. Joe Biden was in Los Angeles at the meeting. He was snubbed from our allies in attending. And he said something I can't believe he actually said, which was, well, I appreciate this is a meeting of principles, some principles. I have deputized my vice president, Kamala Harris, to take on this issue. Why did anyone think it was a good idea to remind the public that she who can't speak a sentence better than he can was the wise one to put in charge of this, she who has not spoken on this in over a year, she who has yet, like he, to even visit the border. I don't know if they just don't care or if they don't know that we do. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. And welcome back to John Dombrowski. John is, of course, the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website, grandcanyonplanning.com. And he is the host of his own radio show here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. John, welcome back. We missed you, brother, and are glad to have you back. Same here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, no, no good news greets you. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know what? Real quick, before we get into the bad is news. Is this your the fault? <laughs> the ba- but, you know, there was something historic on this date, and the state of Arizona is, is a, a piece of this history. Uh, on this day, June 13th of 19, uh, I think it was 66, the Supreme Court handed down its decision oh, on huh. Miranda yeah. versus Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Establishing that the principles of uh, wow. all yeah, all suspects must be advised of their rights before interrogation. Wow. Changed television. Yeah. Changed amazing. every cop show. Yeah, changed. You bet it did. So, Miranda just, did not end up well. He ended no. up uh, signing, uh, giving away autographs, not giving away, selling autographs at bars. And he died. Yeah. He got stabbed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I knew, we knew some of the attorneys involved in that way mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, anyway, John. Flynn Sorry about and a few that. Others. Yeah. Yep. Welcome. Welcome back. Thanks for that. S&P 500 closes in a bear market as Dow and mm-hmm. NASDAQ slide, reports the Wall Street Journal in a headline. Are we officially in a bear market now, Joe? We officially are in a bear market. That can change tomorrow. But at the moment, uh, yes, uh, the S&P 500 uh, reached bear market territory today. So uh, it's not a first for the index, and it will not be uh, the last, of course. But it certainly doesn't feel good for those out there who have their money invested in the markets. You know, one of the things I think, Seth, we have to look at, and I was talking to a client earlier today about this, and I just asked them a question. Um, You know, when are you going to need this money that's invested, number one? Uh, number two, uh, do you think that we are at an all-time, uh, you know, at the market set going to go lower from here? And if so, how much versus does it have an opportunity to retrace some of these losses and to get some gains back by the end of the year even? If you think about where we're at today, uh, the markets are down 20, 25, 30, 35 percent, depending on the index you're looking at or the individual stock. Uh, and do you believe that the market is going to fall further from here and how much? Uh, versus the opportunity for that market to bounce back over the next possibly six months or even a year. Uh, Does it make sense to buy high and sell low or to buy low and sell high? Yeah, that's a great question you're posing, which is when do you need the money? Uh, A lot of people were thinking about that and a hedge against market stuff by looking at some of the uh, cryptocurrency stuff like Bitcoin, right? Mm, You were were always skeptical of that, as I recall. Am I putting words in your mouth? I don't Uh, mean to. You'll correct me. You know, it's not that I'm skeptical Skeptical per se about it, but I I think what I wanted to make sure that uh, people understood was is the risks that were involved, right? So if someone wants to take that risk, the possible reward could be great. But, of course, that higher risk means that you could you could lose. And as we saw this weekend, this was a horrible weekend for those invested in cryptocurrencies. We uh, we saw a, a tremendous amount of a sell-off in uh, cryptocurrencies, and we saw billions of dollars uh, being lost just in, uh, you know, the, the single day of trading. $200 billion, it said, had been wiped off the cryptocurrency uh, market this weekend alone. Yes, that's right. Dollars. That's a lot of money, and it's a big percentage. Bitcoin alone dropped uh, almost 20%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like anything else, I suppose it's the question of when you buy it, right? And when you need Very it, true. And what risk you're willing to take. Some of us uh, are a little ahead because we bought early, mm-hmm. but people who bought as it was going up, anything above you know, 23,000, yeah. they're, they're not happy campers. Yeah, and many people bought, you know, got caught yep. in, in this, uh, you know, when it was 40,000, right. 50,000. 
50,000. And now they're looking at substantial losses. And again, you know, what do you do? Do you hold on to it? Do you believe in it? Uh, And if so, uh, you know, what's your next step? Do you buy more of it, you know, to try to dollar cost cost average back into it? So there's a lot of questions here. But again, I think uh, this is a a very uh, speculative area of the market, and you need to be very cautious with the amount of money you're going to invest, assuming you have uh, the the willingness to take these uh, major bumps along the road. And uh, also the possibility of losing, depending on if you in, in you know invested in other currents, cryptocurrencies other than Bitcoin. Yeah, Some sure. of those other ones menu have, yeah. have right. dropped substantially right. Right. more even than than where we see Bitcoin. So just be very careful, aware of what's going on, and talk to your advisor about whether or not it makes sense for your portfolio to hold these particular speculative assets in them. Maybe tomorrow we can talk a little bit about whether uh, it's. It's 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 going to have to wait for some some news on turning around inflation and costs before we can be more confident that uh, that the bull market is going to be charging our way. Can we talk a little bit more about the inflationary uh, the inflationary aspect to all these problems? John? Absolutely. Oh, and the Fed's meeting coming up Tuesday and Wednesday Perfect. this week is going to be important as well. Perfectly timed, John Dabrowski. Thank right. you, sir, and welcome back. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finman Sipkin and Investment Advisor, Grant Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities. LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. I'm Seth Leapson. We got some breaking news we're going to share with you on the other side of this break with uh, who's joining us, uh, Mr. Shattuck from Americans for Prosperity. He'll be right with us. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It's a delight to bring Max on. We haven't talked in a while. It's uh, probably my fault for that. But the state director for Arizona, uh, excuse me, Americans for Prosperity is Stephen Shattuck. And uh, anyone who is involved in serious social, primarily domestic policy has to uh, has to consult with, deal with, work with uh, Americans for Prosperity, a great conservative organization doing all kinds of Great avant-garde uh, social policy analysis and uh, endorsements. Stephen, uh, welcome back to the show. Anything I didn't cover about AFP, if you want to put in a word for what your organization is about before we get to the breaking news, I'd welcome you to do so. Sure. Uh, well, first I'll start by uh, thanking you and, and your listeners for having me on. Um, and you didn't really miss anything. Uh, you know, We're a primarily a grassroots organization that uh, engages um, and policy reforms uh, at both the state and the federal level. Um, and we also engage in some other efforts, which I think uh, we'll get to the breaking news on that shortly. But uh, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm, and I'm excited for uh, the announcement. You betcha. Yeah. No, I mean, you guys, you guys are a big deal because, as I said, having just worked in a lot of campaigns over the years, everyone always says, and where's AFP? What's AFP have to say about it? You know, there's a handful of organizations like that that have that kind of credibility. And uh, we're delighted you're the director of Arizona State, uh, the state of Arizona's uh, chapter for Americans for Prosperity. All right, let's get to some breaking news, buddy. What do you want to share with us? Yeah, well, uh, I wanted to make sure that your listeners heard it first uh, and that you and your station um, and have the exclusive on uh, our support, which will be rolling out uh, for governor, uh, which will be Karen Taylor Robeson has earned our endorsement um, for really being a tax and spending uh, economic growth candidate. Um, She has, in all the policies that she's putting forward, she wants to limit uh, government's role. She wants to make sure that we uh, lower our income tax rates, even though that we just have passed some, some great reforms now. 
Um, and she's focused on really creating opportunities for Arizonans and really trying to drive um, new job creation in the state of Arizona, which, as you know, um, we really need over the next uh, you know, several years here in the state. So um, we're very excited and thrilled uh, to put our support behind her. Um, we think that you know, she is going to be the leader that Arizona needs in these uh, struggling times. Um, and she's got the experience, quite frankly, um, to take us through what I think is going to be, unfortunately, a few challenging uh, you know, months ahead. Uh, but I do think that, uh, as always in Arizona, we're going to emerge uh, you know, better and stronger for it. Well, you um, you come from a uh, long pedigree, uh, Stephen, of people who know what it means to serve an elected office and how serious and important that job is. The job of governor is a real job. It's a very serious one. And uh, I endorsed Karen uh, Taylor Robeson some time ago. Most of the audience knows. I'm delighted that Americans Fought for Prosperity is also endorsing her. Talk to us a little bit about what you see the landscape for Arizona, which way it could go uh, economically. Um, you know, we're trying to do our best to 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 create even ever growing economic prosperity here, particularly as the influx to Arizona is coming from, you know, other states. Uh, we, we, we need to be innovative. Uh, I've known Karen to be an innovative businesswoman and a anti-government uh, lawyer <laughs> for many, many years. But tell us a little bit about the landscape and some of the thinking that went into this. Sure. Um, so one of our key components of Americans for Prosperity is that we are focused on policy and not politics. So mm-hmm. um, we've got 35 state chapters. And when we look at the candidate, uh, we have an extensive process in which we go through and we identify um, are they aligned with us uh, on limited government, economic uh, prosperity, and really, frankly, free market ideas? Uh-huh. Um, and we try to get as much as we can. And what really looks and is different from American prosperity than other organizations mm-hmm. is that um, once we make that decision, while in certain cases like this, uh, we'll throw our grassroots efforts, which is hundreds of thousands of doors and, and phones behind those candidates. Um, the difference between us and most other organizations is when the election's over and that person has been elected, the real work begins. Yep. Um, we make sure that we hold people like Karen Taylor Robson um, accountable mm-hmm. for what she has said she's going to do. Um, and from a, from a landscape perspective, what went into that is um, you know, with Arizona having the highest inflation uh, in the country at 11 percent compared to the national average of 8.3 percent, while obviously a lot of the reforms that need to be made to help us get through inflation are at the federal level, um, there is still plenty to be done at the state level. Things like pulling back uh, some of the regulations to get uh, interstate kind of transportation moving, um, things like if you're looking at like some of the mining regulations that we can work on here within the state, those are the type of of workforce and labor issues that we've got to pull back to really begin to help pull us out of inflation. And, and I think, you know, your, your viewers are smart. Um, I do think there are some dark days ahead of us. Um, but uh, one of the things that we can do is to focus on state policies, right? And Karen Taylor has that experience, and she understands how business operates. She understands 
how to get a business moving in tough times. So that's kind of what we looked at from a from a landscape perspective. No, that's that's. I'm glad you mentioned regulations, Stephen. We're talking to Stephen Shattuck, uh, Americans for Prosperity. He's the state director here in Arizona for that organization. I'm glad you mentioned regulations because I was just uh, speaking with the audience on Friday about people not maybe realizing or focusing on all the drivers of inflation. The regulatory state has a, actually a whole heck of a lot to do with it. The burdens that, certainly from the federal level, that the Biden administration has charged into reversing from the Trump administration, who was about you know pulling back some of these regulations. That code of federal regulations has been a huge driver of inflation, and it would be so true here in Arizona as well. People don't may not know the entire biography of Karen. I mentioned it briefly. As an attorney, that's what she did. She fought government regulations. That was her calling card as an attorney. Yep, that's absolutely correct. And, and uh, you know, I know you've talked about this with your uh, viewers. Um, you know, one regulation at the federal level that could completely pull us out of this with the sweep of pen is uh, President Biden pulling back uh, off all the regulations on oil production yeah, here in the sure. United States. That would drop gas down to you know, $2 and, and things would start to move. And, and things would start to move because one of the problems in the face with inflation is transportation, right? Like you need to move the goods. And, and lots of times, a lot of those are regulations which you look at the transportation here in Arizona. Um, roads, making sure that roads are maintained, making sure that precious metals that go into many of the microchips um, you know, are being processed quickly and, and sent out to be smelted. Um, those are the types of regulations that while one silver bullet isn't going to take it all, right, they begin to slowly, if you put, stack them on top of each other, um, they'll have an impact. Yeah. No, it's fantastic that you guys are getting behind the right candidate here, uh, Stephen. No surprise, uh, but gosh, thank you for breaking the news on this show. We have uh, been talking to Karen a lot about the campaign uh, here on this show, and it's a delight to have you on as well. Anytime you want to come in and weigh in on the race, you know you have an open line with me always, Stephen. Well, I appreciate it. And if uh, any of your viewers would like to learn more, if they want to get involved, uh, they can go on our Facebook page, which is uh, Americans for Prosperity Arizona, or our uh, social media, which is uh, Arizona AFPS Twitter, and then just or just go on our website, which is Americans for Prosperity Arizona. And I appreciate you guys uh, letting us roll this out with you. And, and look absolutely, forward to the conversation. total delight, total delight, and privilege. Thank you, Stephen Shattuck. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. If you're in the market for a great investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi. They are my friends. They're good people. They're uh, us. They're just like us. They believe and think along the lines that uh, we, uh, we, we, we tend to do around here. What they are offering is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% turn for investors, all in a collateralized, secure portfolio. Y-Refi is in the business of helping people dig out of debt by actually paying off their debts. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out too to see if you want to be part of what they do. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, and then R E F Y.com. Investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855 316 3087. Local company, you can visit with them. They don't do a sales pitch, they just kind of Tell you what they do and let it speak for themselves for itself. Investyrefi.com. 
Uh, Brandon Weikert will join us at the top of the next hour. Iran's in the news a great deal. His brand new book, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, is uh, now available for pre-order at Barnes & Noble and Amazon or wherever else you buy books uh, online. (coughs) Excuse me. You can't really pre-order at a a brick-and-mortar bookstore. Besides, I don't... I don't know. I the brick and brick and mortar bookstore I went to. Gosh, the one right on Central and Camelback there. Who boy, we did a monologue on just what I found in the children's section there one day. I, you know, Brandon would be lucky not to have his book there. I, I get a kick. We did another store. Bookstores. They want to know why they're going out of business. Same reason newspapers are. I want to talk about. Have you noticed that the Arizona Republic is following the trend of other Gannett newspapers by reducing? The op-eds, reducing the op-eds, they have total misunderstanding as to why the op-ed pages need to be reduced. I'll get into that in a few moments, but it kind of reminds me of the bookstore problem. I mean, they're just telling you things that are blatantly untrue and confusing. Uh, For example, last week, the bookstore I talked about that had the section or the segment that said banned books. (laughs) They all are right there for sale. Banned, but they're right here for sale. Banned. They... Nothing means what it's supposed to anymore. That's the problem. I've been talking about this for years. We are changing the meaning of words so that they are rendered to mean anything Humpty Dumpty wants them to mean. You know where that reference is from? It's from Through the Looking Glass. Everyone thinks it's Alice in Wonderland. It's Through the Looking Glass where Humpty Dumpty says words mean what I say they mean. Nothing more, nothing less. It's the argument of Thrasymachus in Plato's Republic. Power is in the interest of the stronger. It means that might makes right. It's the exact opposite of what we thought here when we built this country from scratch. We thought right would make might. That's what Abraham Lincoln spoke to. That's what our founders spoke to. Now, it's just a power grab from the left now that changes not everything in politics and life, but in language, too. All right, don't go away. Brandon Weicker coming right up. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.